The fantasy genre is vast, complex, and has existed for time immemorial. It is a way to escape the drudgery of everyday life, but also a method humanity uses to examine itself in interesting, boundary-shattering ways. We are fascinated with the heights of glory we can rise to, with the depths of depravity in which we sometimes fall. Fantasy gives us an opportunity to reflect on these themes, and let's face it, it's also just plain old fun. Join us weekly on Fridays for the Fantasy in General podcast, where we discuss all things fantasy in general. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. Everyone and welcome to Fantasy in General. Fig for short. Yes, it is. And we have some really great news. We do. We have tapped into 30 countries. 30 countries and six continents. I don't know what happened this week. Nor do I. I don't know if we owe our social media manager a thank you basket. I I have no idea. Maybe, yeah. But the vampires really spoke to people. They did. Or not. I don't know. But people listened to this episode. Oh, it was our most listened to episode within one week's period of time. Yeah. And we also had the most listens period in one week's time that we've had at any point in our podcast history. Yeah. So pretty crazy. It was very crazy, like but very each exciting. Day, like five more countries would be added. It, it was, yeah. Kelsey and I checked periodically throughout the week, and every day we were like, do you see what's happening? This yeah. is awesome. Yeah. So if you're somebody in one of the countries that have been reached, you know, not US, well, you, you guys too, OG listeners. We love our US audience. But our international figgies welcome we're so excited that you're here extremely excited thank you yes and really no other way to put it yeah just i mean thank well, you thank you to everybody yes worldwide worldwide phenomenon i thought for a second that we surely were approaching every country in the world you, I saw you count them and you got yes. to about 30 it was 30 exactly yes and i thought that's for sure every country. For sure not close. And it's for sure not even close. <laughs> because then uh, I looked up how many countries were in the world. Mm-hmm. And there's 185. Yeah. So we're at like 15%. So how'd you do that so fast? Well, I was thinking 200. 130% would be... So if you got 30 of 100, oh, it would be 30%. So if it's... 30 of almost 200, it's about 15%. Okay, okay. A little bit more than 15%, because it's less than 200. A little less than 200. So don't don't rob a, don't sell us short, I'm you know? just, okay, it was a round number. Okay, anyway, because Africa alone has like 58 countries. That was a very specific like number. Yeah, like, you know, give or take <laughs> one or two. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was 58. 58 or 50. No, I think it was 58. But yeah, 
I looked up a world map and I was like, oh my gosh, Africa has so many countries. It sure does. It's amazing how little I know about geography. It's a little bit embarrassing. There's a lot of people out there who think that just Africa is a country. When it is for sure a continent. Okay, thank you for making me feel better. Mm -hmm. Because I definitely knew that. Okay. Um, We tapped into a whole continent. The entire continent listens to us. Australia. Uh, Yeah, we did get... Australia is both a country and a continent. Yeah, so we can say we're full continental there. Yes. Yeah. The continental. So, cool deal. Welcome internationals. Uh, Welcome... (laughs) Sorry, Bobby just booted up his computer. It's taking a while to boot up. It He turned it on when we started this episode, and it still has not. Because Kelsey abruptly began the recording but process. But his background is um, Free Willy. No, it can't be Free Willy because the fin is up. It's an orca. It's an orca in Alaska. Did you choose that background? Did not. It's oh. a random, uh, what do you call it? Random Windows 10 applied background. Oh, it's Windows 10. <laughs> Windows 11 is out now, so I'm way behind. Oh, wow. Yeah, and you also... Never mind. Your computer took a while to boot up. So. Well, yeah, for sure. Compared to my MacBook. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. I do have a PC. I, I know. I'm just one of those people. I'm an Apple... I never thought that I would get a MacBook because it just seems like you have to learn so much in order to use it. Doesn't it function like an iPhone? Uh, well, just like with the with the two finger swipe, or if you do a three finger swipe, it's something different. And if you swipe it this way, it's different. And that like the trackpad is kind of bizarre. I know nothing about this. Oh yeah, I've like, always check been a PCer. Look at check this out. So if I go here mm-hmm. and I go back, it goes back. If I swipe to the left, it goes back. It can't just... You, can you if just I use a back button? To the right, oh, yeah, you can. Oh, okay. These are just shortcuts Oh. for us Mac users. Okay. You know? Um, you know what I always wanted growing up? And I had no idea that it was Mac either or Apple. Okay. The computers, uh, the desktop computers with the colored gel... You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, when we were like back in junior high, they oh, had yeah. those colored monitors yeah 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 i always wanted one of those oh i did too they were super cool and the purple one played oregon trail on those things like a bad boy you played on one i don't think i ever touched one never i don't think so oh when i was in junior high that was the computer you played on a mac yeah what was it called Um, was it what was it called back then i think it was a mac a Mac? Oh, I mean, I Macintosh. They were called oh, Macintosh. That's, yeah. That's for sure sounds way older. Oh, yeah. Macintosh? It did doesn't the, even sound like the same company. Did the company used to be called Macintosh and they changed it to Apple because of the logo? Oh, good question. Yeah. Good question. All I know is that Lieutenant Dan invested stock for Forrest Gump in Apple stock and he thought he was investing in a fruit company. Oh, but that's also fictional. But we do you have a friend. Yeah, yeah. But we do have a friend whose aunt invested. It's she knew Steve Jobs and invested, like right when he got started. Really? And she lives in Redondo Beach now, and is chilling on the Redondo beach. Redondo Beach, LA. You know who I'm talking about. I don't want to give names. I don't think I do. I'll tell you at the break. Okay. Yeah. 
park at her house sometimes when we go to LAX. Oh. Yeah. She invested in Apple? Yes. Oh, snap. Yeah. There you go. Like when he was in a garage. Oh, dang. Yeah. So she's chilling. That's why she she's lives chilling. in Redondo Beach. Very nice neighborhood. And she was a school psych. So, really? Yeah, we have a connection. but. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, I don't know if she knows, but we do. Probably not, but, no, you know. she has no idea. That's okay, though. Um, okay, we have some emails to get to. Uh-huh. Some emails. Okay, so first, we're going back to the mummy episode. Emails, emails. Check out the emails. Oh. Uh, okay. Let's <laughs> dive into that first. Okay. Okay, we were chatting for about 30 seconds before I hit record. Yes. And I said, no, stop. We have to talk about this on the podcast. Y- yes. Because you said that. Do it again. Emails, emails. Check out the emails every day. I hope that it's from a female. (laughs) Because, and I said, what is that from? And you said. And I said, it's from Strong Bad on Homestar Runner. And that just brought back so many memories. Yes. Do you remember? Who remembers HomestarRunner.com? Trogdor the Burninator. Oh my gosh. Trogdor. Trogdor was a man. Or maybe, maybe he was a dragon, dragon man. man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look at that. Outstanding. Go on your go on uh, your web browser. Go to homestarrunner.com. Is it still up? Is it a thing? Still? I don't know. I don't know. Mine might be faster because oh, I have a because you have a Mac because I have a Mac. Yeah, homestarrunner. <gasps> First option. Dot com. Please still be a thing. Tondo was a man. Is it? It is! Oh, man. Oh, we might have to just wrap the episode right now and just browse homestarrunner.com. Just like. Okay, if you have not heard of homestarrunner.com, if you're too young, I don't know. Check it out. But also, I don't know if it's as cool. Oh, oh. Can you hear that? There was Strong Bad there and Homestar Runner. Oh, so good. Okay. That was a great part of my childhood. Oh, I love that. That yeah. was entertainment. Trapdoor. For... I still every now and then see people with decals, like stickers on their cars of Trogdor. I kind of want one. Mm, me too. Should I get a tattoo? Uh, of I was going to get one of, of Smog, but... It might have to be a different dragon. I mean, Trogdor's got those... With a strong, strong arm. Those beefy, muscular arms. Well, just one, right? Doesn't he have just one muscle arm? I can't remember. I think you might be right. Yeah. There's some wings, because he's a wingling dragon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyway, let's get back to the emails. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we touched on that, because that was precious. Talk about about fantasy. Mm-hmm. Just in every... Yeah. For sure. Okay. So back to emails. Back to emails. We have an email from Casey regarding our The Mummy episode. Yes. Okay. Go ahead and read it. Casey writes, So... Dot, dot, dot. Back to The Mummy. What if the kidnapping insurance was so they could pay a ransom? No. You're you're smart. (laughs) I suppose insurance is so you can replace your loss... So sad to think of for human beings, just trying to have hope in humanity. But maybe, right? 
I just gave it to the Goog. It says kidnapping <laughs> ransom insurance. Google. No, but gave it to the Goog. She gave it up to Google. Yeah. It says kidnapping slash ransom insurance. Yay, there is hope. Okay. Which I did further. I was really close to the microphone. I hope I wasn't yeah, yelling at people. I, well, I mean, it's a yellable thing. So. But I did some research, and Casey is correct. I assumed it's for ransom. I yeah, I assumed that it meant okay. The production company gets compensated. You gotta hire somebody. You else. gotta hire somebody else. <laughs> yeah, how bad? But it's ransom insurance. That did not even cross my mind that it was for ransom. Nor I thought I. they were just like giving them up. So they you kidnap know? Brendan Fraser. They're like, we They're want like, well, a million dollars. They're like, cool. Here you go. Insurance covered it. Welcome back, Brendan. But not. Here's what I thought. Brendan Fraser gets kidnapped. Yes. They're like, million dollars, here, here you go. Mm-hmm. Nathan Fillion is now. Yes, that's what I thought too. <laughs> yeah, so. Or Ewan McGregor. <laughs> I don't know. I, I love him. I don't know if he would have been good at that role. Probably true. He could really do anything in my eyes. No, but get me out yeah. of here. You're but, my brother, Anakin. <laughs> first things first. Just trying to have hope in humanity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just abandon that. Okay. Abandon that. Abandon hope in humanity? Uh, I mean. I mean, you're probably right. Yeah. So. Let's be real. Yeah. I mean, the 20th century happened. If you're, yeah. If you're, if you're getting anything from this email, it's that it probably is for ransom, but they'd probably just use it to hire another actor. Yeah, I mean, right? I mean, come on. Or like, give if they got a million, they they tell the kidnappers, "Oh, we only got five hundred thousand, and then pocket the rest. Wow. Okay. I don't know if I'm projecting because that's what I would do. Wow. But you're just straight up, Brendan Fraser, Rachel Wise. Bye. Well, for five hundred thousand. Now I'll go get Julia Roberts and I, Nathan Fillion. I would tell the kidnappers, my bottom line is five hundred G's. Take like it or leave it. That, oh, wow. Take it or leave it. That's how much their life is worth, huh? Well, I don't know if they're going to, like, kill them. Well, hopefully not. It's, yeah. it's a ransom. Hopefully they return them. Well, no, but, like, their life is worth, I don't, like, I don't know. Maybe they'll be fine. Oh, dear. No. Okay. Oh, okay. They won't be fine. No. That situation seemed pretty serious. Yes. Let's backtrack. I'd give them whatever they want. Uh, Yeah. But not... Within reason. Out. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't go above the insurance money, you know. Agreed. Like, that's really all. I mean, bottom line. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't go into my pockets. My shallow, <laughs> shallow pocket. Well, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Yes. We also got some feed pack. Feed pack. Some feed pack. Yeah. Like a backpack, but for feed. Okay. Okay. Um... About our vampire episode mm-hmm. from a figgy, wondering why we did not address Count Dracula from Hotel Transylvania. Why I we mean, didn't like really talk about that in pop culture? I mentioned him. You did. I sure did. About oh, the guy. Wow. About the guy saying. Is it true that a stake through the heart could kill you? And Dracula oh, goes, "Oh, that's true. Who oh, wouldn't that kill?" Oh, that's you did. I mentioned you did. it. But okay, but what this figgy mentioned was that in the movie, it 
he said that it was interesting to hear all the backstory, okay? Because what is one of Dracula's abilities from the novel? When he gets off the boat, what does he do? He turns into a dog. Yes. In Hotel Transylvania, there's a giant dog that follows them around everywhere. It's like their pet or something. I don't know. I've never actually seen Oh, it. in the, the third one? I guess, yeah. There is a giant dog that follows his grandson around. Well, so it just makes you, you know, like maybe they actually got that idea from the book, right? Potentially. I mean, it's not Dracula because he's definitely no. in scenes oh, with Dracula. Oh, for sure, but just like that element, you know? Okay. I mean, Dracula does turn into a bat in Hotel Transylvania. Okay. You're just trying to like prove me wrong. No. Is there something to prove you wrong about? I don't know. Is there? I, well, usually. Are we in a fight? Oh, usually? Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. We're not in a fight. Okay. Yet. Sounds good. We'll get there. Well, this sounds like a great time mm-hmm. to transition to our next segment. Agreed. Quotes and boats. With Kelson Bob. We are ready. Yes. For my quote. Let's do it. Okay. Just launching right in. Get her done. Remember, rules of the segment. I say a quote. You guess where it's from. Or attempt to. And we chat about it. We do. And then I ask you a piece of nautical trivia. Which I've known the answer to two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. And this... you haven't known the answer to mine two weeks in a row. That's correct. I think that might change this week. Oh, no. At least on the boat side. I might know an awful lot about boats. Uh, okay. Have you okay. been reading up? I have, yeah. Oh, okay. Light, light okay. reading. Okay. Light reading, yeah. History of boats and ships. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I want to preface this by saying that I changed a couple words in this quote because it would have been too obvious. Is that okay? I feel like it's cheating to some extent, but okay. Okay, but afterwards I'll tell you the words that I that I changed out. Okay. And then, I mean, yeah. Okay. Okay. So you have to guess the book that it's from. Okay. Okay. I'll quote, do my best. I was the one who comforted you among the houses of the dead. I was the one who drove the jackals from you while you slept. I was the one who gave the horses new strength of fear for the last mile so that you should reach the king. And I was the one you do not... Oh, man, he knows. Okay. I was the one you do not remember who pushed the boat in which you lay, a child near death, so that it came to to shore where a man sat wakeful at midnight to receive you. I think I'm about to own this. You are? I think. I can even tell you who said it. Okay, go ahead. I think. Okay. It was said by Aslan. Yep. From A Horse and His Boy. Yep. Chronicles of Narnia. Yep. Boom. I wanted to play tribute, give tribute to uh, A Horse and His Boy because we kind of played <laughs> off of that in our title of last week's episode. We did. What words did in you change? In not a good way. Oh, uh, he said, I was the lion who comforted you. I was the cat who drove the jackals. Okay. um, So that you should reach King Loon. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
That right, that would have been too obvious. The, oh, but it's a great quote. It's a great quote. That is the greatest. To me, that is the greatest little section of that entire book. Agreed. Sums that book up. And it's done. one of my favorite books in the whole series. That I think that it's my favorite. Really? And it's that's really my good. favorite part of that book. It's really good. So, okay, guys. Chronicles of Narnia is really good. Outstanding. A Horse and His Boy is part of that series, mm-hmm. but it's kind of a standalone. Yes. And so if you don't want to read the whole series, The Chronicles of Narnia, I highly, highly suggest A Horse and His Boy. Chronologically, it's the third book in the series, right? Yes. It goes Magician's Nephew, L Dubs Dubs, yes. Horse and His Boy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know like uh, how it was written, though, which one it was. I don't remember. I want to say it was book five or six. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, you don't, um, there's a couple characters in it Mm -hmm. that are from the previous books, but they are not, you don't need to know about them. You don't need to know their backstory or really you don't need to. No. The book will make sense and will stand alone. Yeah. I feel like you maybe appreciated a little bit more having read previous books, but yeah, if you just read A Horse and His Boy, you would be tracking with what's happening. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Definitely. So good. Very good. Great book. Great quote. Great job, Kelsey. I and mean, Bo- you got it right. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, it was a great quote. Pat on the back for me. So. Pat on the back. Yeah. Pat on the back as if... What did I... I can't remember. I talked about tapping on the back last week or something like tap, that. Tap, tap And it. you had chills. And I can't remember what it was. What? Anyways, I'll try to think about it. It was something... I feel like I get chills a lot. Right? I mean, yeah. Relatively speaking. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Anyways, that was a really weird sidebar. Yeah. Yeah. When you said tap, I thought, tap, tap it in, that's a zinger. Oh. (laughs) From Bad (laughs) Lip Reading? From Bad Lip Reading, yeah. Also great. Another great YouTube series. Very good. Uh... Honest trailers and bad lip reading yes. are worth a watch. Very good. Very, Very much good. Worth a watch. watch the honest trailers for the Twilight movies. Oh my gosh, they're Incredible. so Incredible. Funny. Incredible. The one for uh, what's the last New, one? Breaking uh, Dawn. Breaking Dawn is yeah. the best. Yes. It's amazing. Oh, so funny. Okay. It's really funny. All right, boat trivia. I'm ready. Boat ready for this. Trivia. We're going into the nautical world. Are you ready for this? Yes, I'm in the ocean. And I have no business being there. So we're in a hypothetical situation here. This is almost like a word problem. Like imagine okay. you're in third grade again. Okay, and I'm you're starting my eyes. to do word problems in math. Oh, yuck. So. Okay. After we left the dock. Oh, gosh. Jim asked me to hold the tiller. I looked around for farming equipment, but there was none to be found. What did Jim ask me to do? Hold the tiller. But what does that mean to hold the tiller? This has to do with math? This has to do with boats. Oh. <laughs> but it's a word problem. Oh, oh. Um, I feel like it's... If you get this. The thing that like moves the sail around? You're pretty close. Really? Yeah. What is it? To steer the boat. 
you're pretty close. I, I'm a little impressed. I would give it a solid B plus answer. You know, like not right, but not wrong either. Agreed. I'd give you C- partial credit. Okay, C plus. C+. I'd give you partial credit. Yeah. So a tiller is a straight piece of wood or metal which fits into yeah, the, the head of the rudder and is used for yeah. steering a boat. Yeah, like that thing, mm-hmm. right? So I'm putting. I'm <laughs> Kelsey's doing a hand motion on a podcast, which is have, really helpful. <laughs> I have my, both of my arms gripping like this piece. As if this she's long, gripping an oar. Yes, a big oar in front of me and going back and forth with it. But you were using it to. <coughs> excuse me. Oh, bless you. Excuse me. To steer the rudder. Yes. Steer the head of the rudder. Did it. That is the tiller. You're welcome, everybody. So uh, we'll be right back with the... Big bite of the... Meat. Of our episode. All right, and welcome back for a big old bite of meat. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking no, this this uh, kind of villain, not a villain, but doesn't like to eat meat. Yeah, so is mind. he a villain? No, I think he's a victim. We'll get into that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. little hintsy hint. A little bit. A little bit of a hintsy hint. Reminder: It is fright fest. It is fright fest. It's going to be scary. Terrifying. Yeah, super scary. But actually, I think modern day for us, it's really not that scary. Agreed. It's not like, it's not a jump out of your seat type of scare fest. But I feel like it was probably, right? Probably when it was written, yeah. Kind of like um, like The Exorcist, you know? Like mm. you watch it now, not that scary. Yeah, probably. Watch it then, for sure. I have a confession to make. You've never seen it. Never seen The Exorcist. It's not that scary. Really? I don't think so. Oh. You know me. You are not a horror fan yeah. at all in any way, shape, or form yeah. because you don't like to be scared. No. So, and that wasn't bad. Oh, okay. But I also saw The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which is more recent. And I didn't think that, that was that scary either. I don't feel like the exorcism of Emily Rose is supposed to be a horror. No? I think it's supposed to be more of a dramatic thriller. Oh, okay. I would say the exorcist is too then. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Signs is definitely way more scary. Oh, gracious. That is <laughs> definitely sure. not designed to be a horror. I think like the climax Nor of our... Nor are the scarabs in... <laughs> In the mummy. <laughs> That's not supposed to be the scariest part. I don't think so. Okay, I think that the climax of our Fright Fest um, is going to be Signs. We'll cover oh, Signs the movie. gracious. Which, by the way, I'm supposed to show you something. Oh, so my what? family and I went to Disneyland over the weekend. Yes. And we were on went to the Jungle Cruise. Okay. Which has... A little bit of taxidermy up on the walls as you're going through the lines. And it has this. (gasps) Both of them? Scorpions and scarab beetles. The two, two out of three worst parts of movies. (laughs) Top three. We got two of them. I thought I could get you to like really gasp. I mean, I like. 
you know. Like retched a little bit. Yeah. Like I feel chills up my neck to where like my, my back is like seizing <laughs> up a little bit. Yeah. Oh gosh, just something crawling inside of your skin. That sounds super gross. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Moving on from Have that. we given a hint yet? Even? I mean, we've talked about how we think the main character, main antagonist, I guess, I guess you could say, is probably not really a villain. But we'll get there. Really? Well, I'm not going to say the main antagonist because it's kind of a discussion in itself. Agreed. But we are talking about the modern Prometheus. Yes. Which is the subtitle for Frankenstein. Yes. Not to be confused, okay? Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people consider frankenstein to be the monster correct i think you're right it's not it's not at all he's the scientist victor frankenstein yes so let's chat okay first things first yes i feel like i'm saying first things first a lot probably okay that's okay let's talk about reviews of the book Okay, which is a very old book. It's a very old book, and it gets a solid 3.8 on Goodreads. Out of five? I did not look up that information. I would hope so. At least it's a... I would hope that it's five at the most. I would imagine it's a five. I don't see it getting 3.8 out of four, right? Or what I was worried about was 10. Oh, 10. Oh, no. I would think it's five. Okay. Yeah, because the reviews that I saw were like a lot of five-star ones and then a couple like two-star, which were just haters, you Dumb, know. yeah. Yeah, so I would imagine it's five. Oh, yeah, because there were five stars. <laughs> Never mind. I can't. <laughs> so stupid. Thank you. Okay, and but that's out of 1,274,014 reviews. That's a lot of it's reviews. It's pretty solid. Did you mention that this was on Goodreads? Uh, unclear. Okay, but it's on Goodreads. That's almost as many reviews as we have on Apple Podcasts. Just kidding. It's about, We don't have a lot. It's about 1,274,000 short. And two. Okay. Yeah, so... <laughs> so rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> yes, uh, we'll plug that right now. Mm-hmm. It helps us out a lot. It We're does. reaching the masses here, and it can only help us more. It helps us get better. It honestly does. It does. We want to know what you think, but only if it's good things. Only if it's a five-star review. Don't give us constructive criticism. There's no such thing. Well, it's you just hateful can, criticism. You can give us constructive criticism if it is if adjoined a five to a five-star star yeah. review. Like, yeah. give us five stars and say, listen, yes. you're annoying. Correct. But that, That's totally fine. Yeah. Or, be, I, I feel like the most negative review... Would be my abbre- like abbreviations for things, you know? But that's entertaining, I think, sometimes. Uh, I think it can probably be annoying. Well... I'm just being honest. That or my nasally voice. You do not have a nasally voice. I hate listening to myself. It's the worst. Oh, okay, Kelsey. anyway. But that's something I can't change about myself. I would not choose a podcast co-host that had a nasally voice. Oh, good to know. Ooh. And mute those yep, alerts. Mute that email. Okay, so back, we've already went off track twice. As we are wont to do. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the earliest known science fiction novels. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, okay, so the background on why it was written 
is kind of crazy cool. It, it really is. Yeah. Okay, so tell us about it. Why was this written? Well, this book was written because at one point there was a group of people yes. that were hanging out together at a house slash mansion slash castle. I don't know. In 1818. In 1818. So Jay Chillen. Yes. And a... Lord Byron, who was apparently a famous poet, along with being a lord, suggested that each member of the group of friends that was hanging out at said residence write a ghostly tale to keep the group entertained. It sounds like a real rager. Oh, man. I mean, what a wild night. I mean, keep in mind, it's 1818. Thanks, Lord Byron. Early 19th century. So this book was written a full, about 90 years before Dracula. This book was written over 200 years ago. Which is insane to think about. It really is. Okay. So one of the members of this party of friends was a woman named Mary Shelley. And Mary Shelley took up the challenge and wrote... Frankenstein. She was like, listen here, Lord Byron, I'm about to school you because I've had this in my head for a long time. And another interesting... She did not come up with this on a whim with her friends. Well, I don't know. Another interesting little tidbit of information is that Mary Shelley's husband was an aspiring writer. Oh, she upstaged him. He was not happy about the success oh, of this book. Yeah. Because Did his they stay wife. married? That's a, uh, that I don't know oh. off the top of my head. I would have to look I it up. I feel like that's a hard no. But he oh, was he pretty was irritated that his wife completely upstaged him and wrote and a she classic. was just And she was just like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll think of a little ghost tale. And wrote. Please. Really what is a classic. Mary, you knew what you were doing. I mean, she knew. She was waiting for the moment. She seized it. She was waiting patiently. She got skills. I want to know if they stayed married. That's a good question. I've heard that her husband was kind of a jerk. Well, clearly. If he was mad. I mean, wouldn't you be happy if I'd, your husband wrote a bestseller? To be fair, I don't know. If that's... <laughs> if. if <laughs> If that's what I was trying to do, though, and, like, clearly I sucked or something, right? But what if you were pretty good, but your husband just wrote a masterpiece? I would say stay in your lane. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We know where Kelsey stands in this whole thing. The world doesn't need Frankenstein. I just need your support, Mary. Wow. If my wife wrote, how would you feel? If I wrote, okay. If you're sitting there, like, listen, you're not at a computer typing away. You straight up have a quill and you're like trying to write things. That's true. And then she's suddenly like, oh no, I've been holding this in for a while. Joke's on you. But then she's like, hey, boo, I just wrote a bestseller. I'd be like, that's pretty cool. You would? I. You. Come on, you initially, have a little bit of pride. I suffer from too much pride, I and I know my place. Just but... a little bit of pride, yeah. Okay. But, yeah, I would, at first, would I would... It would hurt you a little bit. Oh, it would, it would. But then when we cash those royalty checks, I think I'd be okay. 
like how much would it cost? Like what would you what would you need to purchase for yourself oh for it to gracious. be okay? <laughs> I don't know. Like a boat? Um yeah. With a till? With a till and Tiller. a and a front mast and a main mast. I want a schooner. I want to know what you would want to buy. I don't know. A schooner with would be your royalties cool. or a yacht. Or would you make would you require a percentage of those royalties? You know, for like personal spending in order to be happy. I don't know about a percentage. I'm per- I'm projecting onto you. So I, it I'm just like trying it. to like figure out. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. I did not know that little tidbit. Yeah, there you go. Curious if they stayed married. So, little controversy in the marriage of the Shelleys. Yeah. But she also did not publish it under her name for the first edition. Oh. Because it when it's kind of like it's crazy. This was 1818 and we see JK Rowling doing this in as the kids say, the late 1900s as well. Mm. And Ridiculous. how much that did not change yet where she didn't think it would sell under a woman's name. I think her publisher told her that you need to use your initials because if you use a directly female yeah. name people aren't going to want to buy it yeah exactly and so same thing for mary she didn't think that it would sell with her name so her name was not on it until the second edition came out no kidding yeah pretty wow. positive no i yeah you know what i have fake confidence in you yeah well there it is you're welcome yeah so okay let's talk about kind of more of the background so i want to talk about it's called frankenstein Frankenstein, the modern Prometheus. Yes. So who was Prometheus? And let's talk about like why that's the subtitle for it. Okay. So Prometheus is, comes from Greek mythology. Yes. Right. In Greek mythology, it is believed that he was a master craftsman. Okay. And he is connected with fire. Okay, which is important. And the creation of mortals, which I believe he gave fire to to humanity. Yeah, so he ended up stealing fire mm-hmm. and giving it to humankind. Right? He stole it from the gods. From Zeus, yes. Because yeah. Zeus explicitly said, no, no, no. Yeah, because and Zeus was said, concerned. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes. yes. Zeus was concerned if you gave fire to humans that they'd be unstoppable. Well, here we are, you know. Just unstoppable, unstoppable. train, just yep, moving down the tracks. Fire, so yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, he did that and mm-hmm. gave it to humankind. Yes. Okay, and it's called the sacred fire. Okay. That he gave. Okay. So let's talk about those parallels. Okay. So like Prometheus's sacred fire, mm-hmm. Frankenstein science gives humans what once only belong to the gods which is immortality i mean he figures out a way to reanimate the dead yeah which is pretty insane so kind of i mean little play on words but playing with fire kind of it really is and we'll talk about that more as we go along in the episode but it really was playing with fire it was a dangerous game that victor frankenstein was playing yeah yeah. Would you say that he gave him a soul 
or he just, I mean, I don't know. See, that's that might be part of the controversy of this story. I yeah. don't I don't know that his creation had a soul. And I think that might have been what Frankenstein was so concerned about. But it seemed kind of like it because he longed for, I mean, we'll get, we shouldn't, we're going to summarize the book in a second. But yes. he longed for a companion, right? He did. Oh, yeah. And so when you really, I feel like a lot of times in literature, literature and things, you know, that ability to love is equated with having a soul, right? I think you're right. So I don't know. Was he able to love? I don't know. He definitely craved love. Yeah. So, so I guess he did have the ability to love. So yeah, was Frankenstein capacity. just reanimating a body or giving it a soul? Maybe that's, I, I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but yeah, he's definitely playing God to a certain extent. Oh yeah, definitely. And so it's really showing the consequence of seeking that enlightenment and power just as prometheus did agreed, agreed. because what what ends up as prometheus's fate i can't remember so okay if i remember correctly well it ends up being he gives uh it's pandora's box it's like really the end of it <laughs> oh. i forget all the little steps in between okay Oh, what is it? I don't know. Let's see if we can look it up real quick here. Yeah, let's let's try it. Prometheus. Yeah, what's what was his punishment? Zeus. Zeus did something and then something something. You That's know? really specific. <laughs> yeah. Prometheus. Prometheus is credited the creation of humanity from clay and defying the gods by stealing. Um Prometheus is known for his intelligence and for being okay. a champion of humankind. I mean, yeah, it seems like... He is, but he's that definitely... That makes sense for Frankenstein, you know. He's definitely punished. The punishment of Prometheus is a consequence of the theft of fire and yeah. giving it to humans. Um, okay, that's not giving me the answer. He was bound to a rock and an eagle, which is the emblem of Zeus was sent to eat his liver. Oh, yuck. That's not what I was thinking. So his liver would... his He would have his liver eaten for eternity because overnight his liver Ew. would grow back. Ew. Only to be eaten again the next day in an ongoing cycle. That's disgusting. I mean, That's agreed. Horrible. I mean, it's ancient Greek mythology. That stuff's kind of crazy. Huh. I wonder why I thought Pandora's box... Because Prometheus just... stole Zeus's fire and shared it with the mortals. Zeus had taken it away from. It is then that Zeus orders the creation of Pandora. And huh. so, yeah, I guess, I don't know. Maybe I got confused. Okay. Greek mythology can be a bit confusing. A little bit. So, anyway, let's continue. Yes. So, I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about Prometheus? No, not about Prometheus per se. Would you like to get into the general plot description of yeah. the story? Let's go ahead and chat about... We're just short, you know. Oh, yeah. But there was a lot that I didn't realize was in the book. You know, you, you get the general idea of what Frankenstein is about. Mm -hmm. uh, just because of modern 
pop culture and stuff. But right. um, the actual book has a lot of details that I didn't realize were in it. It does have yeah. a lot of details. Do you want to summarize? Sure, okay. absolutely. So Victor Frankenstein is a Swiss lad, and he's very interested in trying to figure out the metaphysical nature of reality, basically. Okay. He's really into that stuff. And he goes through a lot of tragedy in his life. Eventually, as the story progresses, his mother dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, who he was very close with. His mother was really a a major part of his family. Mm-hmm. And as such, I think because he deals with death at such a young age, he goes off to school in Germany and he becomes obsessed with the possibility of creating life. Yes. So while he's at school, he's there learning from his professors, and he develops a method to reanimate the dead, to, yeah. cre- to essentially create life. Um, and he does so out of the parts of, he talks about in the book, um, which I recently reread in preparation for this episode, he talks about visiting charnel houses which we've spoken of in previous episodes is a place for the storage of the dead yeah and he figures out how to piece together an actual person okay my question Mm -hmm. did it smell probably not good at least at first i mean okay continue Yeah. yeah so victor succeeds yeah he figures out a way to create life, but he doesn't really describe how he does it. He just figures yeah, out a way to do it. It's very vague. Extremely vague. Um, and he tells the person he's telling the story to that he doesn't want to reveal how he's done it because he doesn't want anybody to do it again. fall into the same yeah. horror that he's fallen into. Yeah. And so he does figure out a way to create this person, brings them to life. And when he does, he is he thinks he's going to be elated by his accomplishment, but he is absolutely disgusted at what he's created. Yeah. To the point I where... I mean, it's a bunch of... Yeah, okay. He doesn't even speak to his creation. Like, the creation comes to life, and he becomes horrified and leaves. Just... Just pieces out. Leaves a living thing. Because that's that's definitely a good idea. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah Great sure. idea, Victor. Yeah. Great idea. So then I mean he's so disgusted. Yes. And he's like, mm, I'm just gonna leave and not really touch on this problem. Yeah. Yeah. So then his friend that he had as a child in Switzerland comes to visit him and they go back to his apartment and he's worried that this creature is still there, but it's not. So then he, I guess, just figures, okay, cool, problem solved. (laughs) I guess. How many times have we done that? Like, if I just don't look at the problem, it's just going to not be there anymore. It just doesn't exist (laughs) anymore. I mean, we do it all the time, I think, as people. All the time. Yeah, exactly. And so, but that's obviously not the end of the story. What happens to Victor Frankenstein as a result of his decision? So the monster goes and kills his baby brother. Yeah. William. And then, so Victor 
sees the monster at the crime scene. Mm-hmm. Kind of in the distance, right? Yeah, kind of on so the periphery. It's very, it's very clear to Victor who did it. Yes. But Justine, who was like a maid. She was like... Or like... A nurse, like a nurse to the baby, or something like that. She right? was a child who was abandoned by her family and got adopted by the Frankenstein family. A child, and they took her in and raised her essentially. No, that was that was Victor's wife, same, right? Same thing. Oh, with Justine. Really? Oh, yeah. seriously? Oh, okay, okay. Same thing with Justine, and then, but she, yeah, is like a. Because she's raised with the Frankenstein family, yeah. she loves them, and so yeah, she cares for the younger Frankenstein children. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So she gets blamed for it and is executed. Yeah. And Victor's like, just, I don't know. This guy's the worst. Victor's justification for things that happen in this story is, are you serious? Like that type of thing. Yeah. It's, are you, like, what are you thinking? Yeah. I mean. Anyways. Okay. So then the monster goes into hiding. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Victor goes on with his life. Yep. Apparently this, everything's... Because if you don't see it, it's not there. If you ignore the problem, it you, just goes yeah, away. Yeah. So really the moral of the story yeah. is like if you ignore something, it's going to go away. Obviously. So take after Victor, move on with your life. If you can't pick up on the sarcasm, but it's dripping pretty, pretty yeah. strong. The monster goes and hides in a shed mm-hmm. uh, for years. Yeah, for a while. And gets an education. Yeah, well, he observes a family. Yeah, learns how to speak the language. And he speaks, the family speaks French, so the first language the monster knows is French. So fancy. Super fancy. So fancy. Yeah. Um, and then you explain this part. Okay. So he gets he gets an education, learns how to speak French, and then what happens? So the monster at one point has been watching this family, this French family. Not for sure, not in a creepy way. Mm, not in a creepy. Not creepy at all. Also sarcasm. Been watching them for a long time. Years. To the point where the monster sees the struggles this family goes through, so he tries to help them. He oh, goes, that's right. Yeah. He goes and chops up wood. And the family will wake up the next morning and see, oh, man, we got a full load of firewood. Where did this come from? And they just... It's just like the Keebler elves, you know, coming in. I guess. Helping them out. The Keebler elves? <laughs> I don't know. Do you want a cookie? I think I do, yeah. Do you want some EL fudge? <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, and so they are... The family is overjoyed. They're so happy that this is happening. And they just apparently just chalk it up to a miracle. And they keep going. And don't even think about it. So eventually the monster approaches the family. And because the monster has a desire to be loved and have human relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he approaches the family and the family sees him and is completely repulsed and thinks he is a demon. And this does not go well. Yeah. The monster is brokenhearted and leaves. Poor guy. So then... Two morals, real quick. Yeah, go for if it. If you ignore a problem, it'll go away. Oh, every and time. If, and if you wake up and all your chores are done, don't question it. Move along. Just go. Yeah, move along. Maybe it'll happen again the next night. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, absolutely. two morals. Keep, continue. Two key morals. Yep. 
So this hap- we find out about this because the monster eventually approaches Victor and explains what its life has been like since his creator abandoned him. In French. In French. For some reason, the monster speaking French really gets me. Really tickles me. Why? Uh, I just feel like French is like such a fancy romantic language. Mm-hmm. And just see, like in my head, imagining Frankenstein, it just doesn't fit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We, we may cover that in a little yeah. bit too. Okay. But yeah. Continue. Um, so he's telling Victor all this stuff. So eventually the monster tells Victor, listen, you abandoned me. You left me to try to scrounge out an existence by myself. All true things. True. True. Very true. So I was doing the best that I could trying to learn how to exist in this world. Yes. And it didn't work. Mm -hmm. So now as my creator, I need you to do me a solid. I need you to create a companion for me. Yeah. So that I can exist in some form of happiness. And if you do this, I will cease to kill. So he tells Victor... Make me a wife. Victor says, absolutely. Absolutely not. What? Wait, what? No, he does. Well, well he it, starts to. Eventually, yeah. yeah he yeah, does, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he does say. At first, Victor's like, no, this is a horrible idea. I will never do this. But then the monster convinces him this is the best course of action. So. Which, I, I mean, if I was in the Alps where he found him. Okay. It was in the Alps, the Swiss Alps. Um, yep. And the monster confronted me in the Alps mm-hmm. alone. Yes. I mean, I would probably, I wouldn't need too much convincing, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll for sure try. Uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, maybe that's true. Yeah, for I'm sure. I'm also a coward, so. <laughs> <laughs> so Victor eventually says, okay. So Victor goes to England under the auspices that he's going there to learn from the great natural philosophers of England and he begins to create okay a bride for Mm -hmm. his monster I'm sure super beautiful I'm sure yeah definitely and the monster tells him hey I'm gonna like watch your progress I'm gonna make sure you're doing what you said you would do so he's got the corpse on the slab and he's going to animate this woman for the monster, the monster shows up. So and... it's all the way to that point? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's all the way to that point. Oh. The monster shows up and he's smiling, thinking, finally, I'm going to have a companion. And Victor sees the monster smiling and he's oh, like, yeah. okay. no, I will not bring this horror upon the world. I will not create another one so that yeah. they can have offspring. And right there in front of the monster eviscerates oh. the corpse. So the monster's like... Bad choice. All right, man. This is your choice. I'm going to be at your wedding. That's right. And Victor's like, what the heck does that mean? He goes, okay, if it's going to be me and the monster, mano y mano at my wedding, and I die, well, at least I'll have some rest. Yeah. But first, Mm -hmm. his best friend forever, Henry, is murdered. Henry is murdered. Yeah. Yes. BFF, done. Yeah. The monster leaves. Victor goes to pursue the monster. And when he gets on the shore of Ireland, he finds that his best friend, Henry, 
has been strangled to death. It's done. Because this is the monster's modus operandi. Yeah. He strangles people. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Very personal. Uh, very personal. Very personal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then the monster says, like you mentioned, I'll be there on your wedding day. Yes. Victor interprets that as he'll kill Victor. Right. It'll be the two of them. So Victor eventually marries Elizabeth. Yes, who is was adopted into the Frankenstein family as a young child, but not blood, not related, blood related to the Frankensteins. Still, you know. And <laughs> she and Victor are in love. Yeah. They've grown up in love together. Okay. So they decide to get married. Yep. And Monster mm-hmm. is true to his word. He is. He shows up on wedding night. But he does not kill Victor. Who does he kill? He kills Lizzie. He does. Strangles her. Yep. It's his thing. He strangles Victor, you should have known. So Victor's sad. I, yeah, he's been sad pretty much the whole story, but now he's like beyond recovery. This is like too much. Yeah. Like he should have known it wasn't, like come on. I could see it coming from a mile away. Yeah. I mean, but Victor could not apparently. Yeah. So Victor goes to the Arctic. Mm-hmm. To does he go to chase the monster or he's, to get away? And the monster fall. What is it? He's pursuing the monster okay, to kill him. He's pursuing the monster to kill him. Okay. And so that's kind of the last we see of Victor. It is. He wanders off. Yes. And we see a shadow in the distance. Yes. Of the monster. And the assumption is one of them or both of them die. Uh, It is the Arctic. It is. The monster can withstand a lot of stuff. He lives in caves and can run across the Alps like a gazelle. That's true. So there it is. That is a summary of Frankenstein. Our general plot description. Yes. Yep. It's a sad story. Yeah, it's a tragedy, that's for sure. It really is. So let's talk about how the monster looks. Okay. Okay. Close your eyes. Mm-hmm. When you hear the word Frankenstein, what do you imagine? Well, the first thing I imagine is the iconic image of Frankenstein that we know from the 1931 film. Yeah. Starring Boris Karloff. Mm-hmm. Huge monster with a square head and spark plugs come out of its neck. Yeah. Green. Mm-hmm. Black hair. Yes, short black hair. Cartoonish. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, why Why the flat head, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they got that from. That's an interesting... But that's so iconic of Frankenstein. It now has become the... Yes. ...like archetype. I Yeah. Like, why the flat head? I don't get it. I don't get it either. I don't know. But is that how the monster is described in the book? No. How is the monster? I don't want to say not even close, but kind of not. Kind of not. They got the height. The one thing they got is he's tall. Yeah, he's tall. He's tall. Mm -hmm. But Shelly, Mary Shelly, okay, describes him as an eight foot tall, hideously ugly creation. Okay, Mm -hmm. correct. Good. Here's where it gets a little different. And if you imagine, real quick, everybody close your eyes Mm -hmm. and imagine a corpse. Being stitched together with dead skin. Mm. What would that look like? 
it's not pretty. Okay, so this is really what it would look like with translucent yellowish skin pulled so taut over the body that it barely disguised the workings of the arteries and muscles underneath. Mm-hmm. Uh, watery, glowing eyes, flowing black hair, black lips, and prominent white teeth. Yeah. Why the teeth aren't yellow, unclear. But they're very white. Like Maybe he big, bleached them. Big and white, right? Mm. Aren't they? It's interesting because when Frankenstein is talking about creating this monster, he says that he does so in a manner that this monster is supposed to be gorgeous looking well flowing black hair muscle like really well muscled he got a couple things he got a couple things right the okay. teeth and the hair oh apparently yeah glowing white so. teeth and flowing black hair and yeah. he does describe as having flowing black hair this monster is apparently the apex of human physical ability and and appearance he's muscular um so at first it seems like this monster is going to be really good looking. Yeah. But when then when the monster comes alive, it seems like it's the eyes that really set Victor off. It's probably just like some dead eyes. Yeah. Just dead eyes. And he realizes he's created an abomination. Yeah. So Yeah, it's a quote, he stares at his creator with a dull yellow eye. Yeah. It's just yucky, you know? It is. It's not attractive. Yeah, yeah. So when I think of that description, I kind of almost think zombie-ish, right? Yeah, a little bit. Like, because of the skin, like, just dead skin, just Yeah, the pallor of the skin, yeah. Yeah. So, not like pop culture has them, you know? And there's no, obviously there's no layer of fat or anything because it's just skin stretched over muscle and sinew. So really thin, Mm -hmm. gaunt. Yeah. Not like the big muscular green guy with the flat top, you know? Maybe. I can see him being muscular, I guess, but almost in a, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. It's just a... uh, not healthy muscular. It's not healthy looking, no, yeah. No. For sure. Okay. okay. Well, he has to, yeah, he has to be a little strong. He's wiry. Right? Okay. Yeah. I see that. I see that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what makes Frankenstein's monster so scary? Is it that the monster scares us or the idea of the monster? I think it's the idea of the monster for sure. Yeah. What Frankenstein did. Yes, exactly. I I agree. Because um, when you play God. Yes. I mean, first of all, if you ever come to a crossroads, okay, mm-hmm. and it's either I play God or I just live my life, mm-hmm. you should probably just live your life. Agre- oh, agreed. Just move on. It's not going to work out for you. Uh, yeah. And if anybody asks me my opinion, I'll just give them this book. I think this is a great tale of what it means. It's it's a tale of human hubris. Yes, absolutely. And what that can do, the kind of horrible things that can happen. Yes. And, I mean, we really see that over and over again. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe, I mean, I think we're going to talk about it more as we go along, but this entire book, I never feel sympathy for Victor. No. Not once. Gosh, just I feel so sorry for the monster. I, and I feel sorry for all the people that were close to Victor. Yeah, they all die because of him. Listen, don't be Victor's friend. No. Don't oh. be his brother. You're don't not, be his wife. You're not going to last long. Yeah. I mean, Elizabeth had to have some idea. I mean, she had Come a really on. idealized she had a really idealized view of Victor. She was yeah. in love with him. Could you like you're the person that knows that Justine didn't do it, and you just stand there? And watch her die. Gosh. And you're fine? And the way he justifies it to himself is like, come on, man. Yuck. Nobody will believe me, so it's it's okay. They, they, yeah, they'll well, just think it's the ravings of a madman. Yeah, but I'll just well, let this innocent woman die. You're right. You're crazy. Oh, he is. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Ugh. This woman that, like, was brought up with you and your family. Yeah. And, yeah. Like a little sister. Oh, poor thing. Man. Okay, so from BBC.com, we have a quote. Okay. Go ahead. With modernity, with the sense that humans are what they are, is, comes a sense of anxiety about what humans can do, and particularly an anxiety about science and technology. Done. I don't know if I fully understand this quote. That the what scares us and what's scary about this novel oh, okay. is how far we've come mm-hmm. and how far with that knowledge we think we can go. Oh, okay. Does that make... I mean, that's what I got from it. That makes sense. Yeah. The way you said it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, man's hubris. Bottom line. Yes. Because we have come far with science and technology, and so what's what's the limit? I think there are for people... For a have, lot, there are none. I was going to say, I think for a lot of people, they think that we don't have limits, that yeah. we can just keep going. Yeah, so good luck. Monster's going to kill you. That so. is not a good... Not trying to be that person's friend. No. This, this story is a very cautionary tale about yeah. what that can do. Yeah. And then also we kind of chatted about how it doesn't really tell how he was able to make his monster come alive. It's extremely vague. Yeah, very vague. Um, Victor was intentionally vague, mm. but the author also was. Yes. Um, so it's rooted in its time. Okay, the science of it is. Right. But also timeless. Yes. Because it is vague. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really give any kind of reference point to what Victor can do. And so when we read this in modern day, we can adapt that fear to what we imagine science to be. Yes, that's true. Because in 1818, I'm sure when they read this, they had a different idea of what it meant for this monster to come alive. And now we have a different idea. It's true. And it's terrifying for us. Yeah, sort of the classic interpretation is that he reanimates the body by, and I think that's where the spark plugs on the neck come from, is that he reanimates the monster by running electricity yeah. through it. Yeah. Um, but that is not at all talked about in the book. No, no. So it's just a, an interpretation that came about in the 1930s when they made the movie. Yeah. And so what's really 
And, and I mean, that was kind of crazy cool for its time, mm-hmm. you know? And so because it's vague, we use our imagination. And what's more terrifying than your own imagination? Human beings can think up some weird stuff. I mean, because you know, number one, your biggest fear in your head. Yes. And you're plugging that into this story. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. And so it's very personal yes. at that point. And I think that that's what can make it scary. I I completely agree. Really, this this book is... In my opinion, because, okay, so recently for last week, I reread Dracula. Okay. And I reread this book. Okay. And they're both very good stories. This book has really like soaring prose. Mm -hmm. Very well written. Yeah. I think that this book, not that Dracula is not, but I feel like that combined with the themes that Frankenstein covers makes this a true classic in the sense that maybe Dracula is not. Yeah, I can see that. Dracula is a very entertaining story. Yeah. Of and, and a classic, you know, we, we deal with it all the time with things we talk about on this podcast and other things. It's a classic battle of good versus evil. Yes. Yeah. But this one really explores some major themes and pitfalls that human beings deal with. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so... I don't know. That's my... Did we mention that when... Okay, so we're backtracking really far. Did we say that when the friends came up with the stories that she won that challenge? I don't know if we said that, but I think she probably did. I mean, it's very clear. Pretty decisively. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Does anybody else... Does anybody know who Lord (laughs) Byron is or anybody else in that group? Does anybody know who Mary's husband is? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What a loser. Mr. Shelley. (laughs) Couldn't publish a book. Yeah, but we all know who Mary Shelley is. He probably actually is a great author or something, but my bad. I mean, I think he probably did some stuff that was successful, but writing a masterpiece on the level of Mary Shelley no no yeah um anyway so let's see what else do we have I think that's really all that we have for Frankenstein do you have anything to add I mean it's a really good story it it it's sad it's tragic there's no question about that yeah. but the the things that it explores are really profound i felt yeah i agree and like you said it really um just explores deep thematic elements more so than other maybe works of fantasy that we've touched on yeah agreed so completely so if they remade because there's been a lot of yeah popular culture stuff about Frankenstein. They've yeah. made movies and television series and things like that. If they were to remake Frankenstein today into a film, is there an actor you think that would be really good at playing him? For Frankenstein or the monster? I'm sorry. I probably misspoke. Frankenstein's monster. <sighs> Frankenstein, Ewan McGregor. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um... Man, I don't know. I know. I'm trying to think. They have to look tore up, you know? Well, I mean, makeup can do that. But I just, I feel like whoever plays this part, I don't know. The whole time during this story, I felt so sorry for the monster. Oh, absolutely. He is really... But you still have to be repulsed by him. You do, but I feel like he's, 
like the whole time that Victor is telling this story, I felt like, Victor, you're such a jerk. Yeah, like you're the bad guy. Do you get this? You created a person and then, then left him. it. Yeah. Just ditched him. Like this whole tragedy could have been avoided had you taken responsibility for what you've done. Right? Yeah. Which I yeah. think is the major moral of the story is take responsibility for your actions. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't even do it in the first place. Agreed. But, don't play God in the first place, yeah. but if you try to, yeah. you need to take responsibility yeah. for what you've done. And figure out why you're tapping into things like science so intently. Man. Like really dig deep. Yeah. And sort through that first. I agree. I don't know if that was... I think it was, but I could be wrong. I don't know if it was Mary Shelley's intent for us to see Victor as the villain, but I think that that... I mean, when I read he it... He really is. Yeah, when I read it, reread it, I was like, man, Victor is just the huge jerk of this whole the thing. The literal worst. Yeah, yeah. He's awful. Yeah. Everybody's... The monster is destroying everybody, but it's really Victor that's destroying everybody around him. Yes. So... There was twice. And he doesn't even get it. Twice. He doesn't even get it. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He does not understand. Yeah. Twice he could have fixed this. Number one, just don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. Number two, give the guy a companion. You really think that would have been okay? I, th- I think I, so. No. I got no. the feeling from the monster that if he had had a companion, he would have. L- I, th- I felt like in the end, the you monster can't was a what man that of his word. Companion is gonna want though. You come on. I agree with that. You can't make somebody and force them to marry you. I agree with that. But I think that in the end the monster was going to be a man of his word. And even if it didn't work out, um, he was going to fulfill his at promise least to you Victor tried. to get away from society. Okay. I I I could be wrong, but that's okay. the vibe I got. Okay. I felt like the monster is the most Okay, so the most morally responsible person in the story is Elizabeth. The second is the monster. Okay. That's the vibe I got. Okay. Agreed. Do you really agree? No, I do. Feel like you want to fight? No, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I don't feel like you're morally responsible when you're like a peep and Tom on a family for years, you know? But he didn't know any better. Just being a weirdo. He didn't know any better. Okay. That's true. That's Yeah, because he ditched him. I mean, how is he supposed to learn table manners? Right. Or social norms? Yeah. Yeah, no. Okay. I mean, the way the monster talks is pretty poetic. I'm impressed. He figured out how to read, apparently. He speaks French. Yeah. Parlez-vous français? Can you imagine them in the Alps, like, speaking French to each other? I can, but it's just, weird to think about. Yeah, it's just weird. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't imagine that <laughs> being the language. Yeah, maybe. Because even angry French seems so fancy still, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so just upscale, you know? Oh, yeah. Even when if you speak in a vulgar manner in French, it still sounds yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, you're still a class act. You are. Yeah, yeah. so. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I mean, I don't know. Anything else? I don't think so. I don't think we decided oh, on an actor. Oh, did we decide? But... Yeah. Do I don't know. I really don't. This is I'm I'm stumped on this one. What I'm a do you have? Stumped too. What do you have? Ooh man, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of an actor who is 
decent sized because I got to be pretty big. I mean, not. I want to give. Overly uh, large. I don't remember his name in the Mummy, but the Mummy. The guy who plays Emotep. Yeah. Which is interesting. I want to give Habib Marwan another chance. Which is interesting because Boris Karloff, the actor who played Frankenstein, also played Emotep in the original 1932 <gasps> Mummy. That's I am it. on to something. You are. I think you've done it. Okay, done. That's it. That's Habib the actor. Marwan. Gosh, what's his name? I feel really bad. Arnold Vosloo. Okay. I didn't look that up. I just came up with that off the top of my head. Is his name really Arnold? Arnold. I don't think it's Arnold. Is it? I'm about to look it up. Arnold Vosloo. Just look it. up. Just do Habib Marwan. <laughs> Arnold Voss. Vosloo. Voss too? I think it's Vosloo. No, I think yeah. Um. Arnold Vosloo, the mummy. Boom. Okay. Well. There's Habib Marwan. Let's put some. Let's put. <laughs> let's put some uh, little stitches in his face and call him Frankenstein's I'm monster. Down. Let's do it. Because I added an apostrophe S monster. I almost called the monster just Frankenstein. Oh, okay. Gosh, okay. isn't that crazy? Frankenstein's monster. monster. Yeah, yeah, for yep. sure. Yep. All right. Well, we did it. We did it. Thank you, Mary Shelley. Oh, classic book. Classic story. I want to give a personal uh, apology to Mary's unknown husband, but thank you for marrying Mary and yes. introducing her to your group of friends. Yeah, because Lord Byron threw down the gauntlet and Mary Shelley picked that bad boy up and ran with it. Yes. Thank you, Lord Byron. Mm-hmm. Don't know you. Don't know you. Don't know Mary Shelley's husband. You know what? I know you're not alive anymore, but get over it. Get over it, Lord Byron. Yes. All well. Right. Or Lord Byron's friend slash Mary Shelley's husband. Yeah, either one. Yeah. Either one. All right. Well, if you want to continue our journey on social media, go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram at thefigpod. You can also write into us at thefigpod at gmail.com. Thank you internationally for listening worldwide. Yes. And if you liked this episode, please do not forget to once again rate, review, and subscribe so that you never miss another episode of the Fantasy in General podcast. See you next week. See you next week.